Well, pretty much the the ultimate teammate, isn't it? You're a family member, so it was it was extremely special, Kev. You know, we were obviously playing with each other, so we could walk, we could kick a football. So to develop and go through the years and and uh, and and play at some substantial levels together was was very very special. So I always think back to you know the first time that we were really playing at a level was with the Newcastle youth team. We, we joined the same club, Newcastle United, and we played together with the youth team. And, um, and it was great. Back. Sorry to interrupt, but let's go back a bit. So how did, how did, how did, you know, take us from even just playing youth soccer? Right. That's a pretty big leap. So yeah. talk about how that, you know, the, the uh, how that all happened. Okay. So the, the, the first club that Gary and I, uh, played as teammates was actually a club in Falkirk near Stirling in Scotland called North Broomish Colts and it was a, an under 11 boys club and I was 10, 10 and a bit and Gary was 8 so he joined the team he was a super sub, he played limited minutes because he was 2.5 years younger than most of the kids in the team and uh, and he loved it and he came along to practice and we were teammates, but he played like right wing or something then, Gary. So he was he was small and he was he was part of that. And I think we played together for a couple of years and then because of the age gap, we're eighteen months difference in age between us. I am older obviously and because of the age gap he played with, with his boys clubs and I played with mine and we we kinda of moved through the next five or six years like that until we hit the point where um where we joined Newcastle together. I joined earlier and then Gary came along and, and then we started playing um, youth soccer together. So we played for Newcastle with the youth teams. We were both centre-halves, so we're pretty much partners, uh, sometimes in a three, sometimes in a back four. So we were in a, a, a tandem partnership. But the understanding that we had was, was pretty high. He was obviously a, a very good player, Gary, and we were two of the more important players of the team. So that was that was nice to... Gonna play every week and be together. And what age is that? This is like 17, 18. So Gary's probably Gary's probably seventeen when he's playing in that team. I'm sort of eighteen and a half uh, because he's younger. He's always catching up, so he's kind of playing a little bit early. And then we'd be playing reserve football together, uh, and we were obviously waiting and hoping that we would play first team football together in, in the Premier League with Newcastle. Unfortunately for Gary, that, that never really happened. He had some loan spells away and he never played for Newcastle first team. So we went our separate ways. We played for different teams. And then, lo and behold, Gary was selected for Scotland under-21s where uh, I was playing and, and captain in that team. So we're back together again. We're playing in a pretty high-profile match for Scotland under-21s, I think. You know, not many brothers have done it, but there have been some brothers that have played together in the, in the under twenty ones. But it was a special moment for us. We were playing together again, and probably at that point, I think the stories would start that it's only a matter of time until these two brothers play together with Scotland, the national team, the full national team. And and this was a, quite a big thing because the, there was a Shaw brothers before us, and I think it was late fifties, early sixties who played together for Scotland. So you're talking, you know, 50 years since two brothers had played on the same field together for Scotland. So we were we were really excited about this opportunity. And we kept thinking that it was going to come. And it seemed like it was taking forever. 
there was a point where I was in the national team. Gary was not quite there. Gary was in, I was out. There was a, a moment even at Easter Road in a summer match. I think we played Trinidad and Tobago where we thought for sure we were going to play together. Bertie Folks was a manager and he actually subbed Gary off for me. So it was very frustrating. Nice to get a cap, but frustrating that we didn't actually get to be on the field at the same time. So uh, waiting and waiting for this and eventually against Moldova it came. Um, forget the year, probably should have looked at that, but I think 2006, something like that, where we were on the field at the same time. And it was it was a terrible match for the country, actually. We drew with Moldova and there was a lot of apathy towards Bertie Volks and the team at that point. There was many people think we were one of the worst Scotland teams ever, but it was such a, a, a proud moment for Gary and I to actually play in the same field for right. Scotland. Again, no brothers have done it since, so... Uh, my my, my favourite teammate for sure um, some would say we probably don't have the best partnership we'll get to that in a minute how the, the relationship between centre-halves in terms of skill sets has to be probably a little bit different whereas we were rather similar in how we played the game uh, yeah. but again back at Wigan a bit later when we both played for Wigan we managed to achieve another one of our dreams which was played together in the, the English Premier League for Wigan on a few occasions so uh, I'm, I'm very proud of that game. I think it's probably one of the things that I'm proudest of in my career to have played at such a high level with my country and, you know, standing there singing Old Flower of Scotland alongside my brother and, and then, you know, stepping out of the Emirates and uh, for Wigan and, and a few other places wearing Wigan's shirt in the Premier League with my brother was, was really special. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, brotherly... Uh uh relationships don't always go well right yeah. and so i'm sure you benefited from the competition um or was it more that he benefited as a younger player you know how did you guys um, how did you manage the competition and keep it not so that you're you know it, it like it goes it goes south yeah it's a good point but we were extremely close we did everything together we since we could Walk, we had the same friends, we did the same things, which was pretty much always playing football. Mm -hmm. So we were so close, and then we lived in the same city when we left home, Newcastle upon Tyne. Um, so I don't think that the, I think there was a real healthy rivalry there, you know, and I, and I think it benefited Gary more than me. Um, I think he, I gave Gary a kind of yardstick to strive for right. and to push towards. And I'm sure he'll be first to tell you that he pretty much bettered me and everything because. If I made it to the national team at that age, he had to get there before, you know. And if right. I did well in my exams, Gaz had to beat me in the exams and, and, and right. had to do things. And, you know, I'm again, I'm proud of that. I don't feel any resentment towards Gary about that. I actually think it's great to be that person, to push someone else forward and to to achieve more. So, yeah, uh, yeah we had a healthy rivalry. We, we would mm. always kind of... We'd always push each other on, but there was never any jealousy there. We, we both were lucky enough to have success in our careers. Uh, Gaz, Gaz got a great number of caps. He's in the Scottish Hall of Fame. He's got 55 caps. He's, he's been a wonderful player for, for Celtic and for Wigan and for uh, Scotland. And, you know, for me, it was a different path. Most of my career was in England. I got less Scottish caps, unfortunately, but... You know, I'm, I'm not jealous. I'm, I'm actually proud of my brother and, and what he achieved. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how, you know, you kind of have touched on it where sometimes um, it's better to have 
a complementary skill set than a than a similar one where yeah. you guys you know you're just playing together um you know talk about that a little bit how how maybe it was a bit it was a bit harder in, in that way or maybe not the best pairing yeah that's a great point and uh and you know it brings me to think about other teammates within my career and and i think with gaz and i we were both we were both kind of dominant central defenders. We we never had great pace. Uh, positionally, we were quite good, but we were we were kind of similar. Whereas when I think about one of my favourite partners to play with was a guy called Jonathan Woodgate. Played with him at Newcastle. Woody's now manager of Middlesbrough. He went on to play for Real Madrid, amongst other teams. He was just an outstanding player. And, and what a partner to have, what a teammate to be beside. Someone who you knew where he was going to be. He was he was so quick. He was so good on the ball. He was he was in the right position. He was just perfect. He was just one of the guys. He just knew where he was going to be. He was going to he was going to um, guide you through the game and make sure that that you were in the right place and that you looked good. And so I, I love playing with Woody. He was one of my favourite partners to to play alongside. Uh, but later in my career, I played with a guy called Curtis Davies at, at Birmingham. Curtis is still playing for Derby County at the moment. Uh, and and Curtis and I had a, a terrific partnership. We had a great team in front of us. So we were um, we were a, a, a well-drilled team under Chris Hewton. Uh, we knew exactly what was expected of us. And, and Curtis was quick and he was dominant and he was strong. Um, and, and, and I was slower, but I was a leader and I was good positionally and I was... Uh, a good solid partner to, to Curtis's athleticism, if you know what I mean. And so we we were pretty unique because we were doing things that were maybe a little bit different at the time, whereas normally two central defenders play in tandem and they kind of hold the line at the same height. We would play a little bit ahead or behind each other. So most of the time I would play a little bit in front of Curtis where I could go and step into things and, and, and go and challenge for balls where where Curtis could also do that as well, but then had the pace to obviously come round and to cover it up. So we, we kind of staggered the way that we played and it allowed us to be really aggressive with the opposition and, and how they could push us back. And so we, we had a dominant partnership. We were we were good friends. We, we learned each other's game and we, we respected what each other brought and how each other made the other one look better and play better. And that that's the key to these great teammates is... Do you have a guy that can uh, allow you to shine in the best, the best version of yourself? You know, right. is the guy next to me either on the right side or on the left side or in front of me? Does his qualities combine with, with what I am as a player? Um, complimentary, yeah, yeah. complimentary, yeah. and 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 um, and just a, a real um, like a. a, a a sort of balance towards the squad where everyone has their their roles and their responsibilities, you know, right. and, and, and that's what good teammates are. And, and yeah, again, I've been lucky enough to have lots of them. I'm focusing on the two guys, uh, three, four guys that would be playing beside me. But I think that everyone, you know, these, these relationships and these teammates, these partnerships are all over the field because that's what makes a team gel. Yeah. It's the, the relationships above and beside you that, that are important. Well, so let's let's talk about partnerships that you've not necessarily been a been a, been a part of, but that you've seen. Yeah, I mean the one that I that I watch 
over the past year has been Gonzalez and Mavinga. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really been a big change since, since Gonzalez joined TFC. Uh, right. Yeah. Cause it really helped Mavinga, I think settle in, not have to do as much. And they're, they're not, they're very different players. Yeah, they are. And they have a different skill set. I mean, they're, they're both big boys, but what do you think about that? What's your take on those two and, and the change? Well, I think it's similar to the explanation of Curtis Davies and I. It's, it's a complementary uh, partnership because Mavinga is very quick and, uh, and, and can cover the space and, uh, and is comfortable on the ball and can go in these longer runs and, and be quite flamboyant in the way that he plays. And Omar's solid and steady and you know what you're going to get. And he's awesome in the air and his positional sense is one of the best in MLS, in my opinion. Watch his position. He never The ball never goes over the top of his head, but he's never too deep. Nothing really comes in front of him as well. So he gets his position perfect. Mm-hmm. And he he basically dominates Mavinga. He tells Mavinga where he needs to be. And, and, and Chris needs that, that kind of partner. Chris needs someone who can dominate him, who can, who can pull him in when he needs to be reined in and, and lets him run free when, uh, to show his abilities when he can do as well. So I, I think that's the basis of that partnership. It's a terrific one because they complement each other with the different skill sets, even different mental skill sets as well in terms of how they think about the game and how they think about defending. Right, and it's a solid partnership, and all good partnerships are not just about protecting and staying back. You know, the, the Mavinga's sort of flamboyance and adventure makes that partnership as well. So I don't want people to think that I'm only complimenting the guys who are kind of in the right place and, and right. stay back. It's it's the combination of two that makes them such a good pairing for TFC and, and one of the best right. in MLS. And what about, you know, midfielders and strikers, uh, whether on your club or that you've just witnessed? Yeah. Or a striker to striker. Have you seen any any really good relationships that way? Yeah, I, I mean, I go back to my youth and I think of some of the better ones throughout the years, Kev. I, you know, I think uh, Keenan Scholes, for example, I, I think that's one of the best. You know, you've got the combative keen and uh and you've got the, the guy who kind of holds the, the base of the midfield and defends and plugs gaps and starts the attacks with simple passes and you have the flamboyance of schools and someone who can ping it 40 50 yards and can get on the end of crosses come late in the box score goals head volley tappings kind of scores every kind of goal and I, I think they're one of the best midfield tandems that i can think of in the, the past sort of 20 25 years of the premier league um, I love watching Shearer and Sheringham. Shearer and Ferdinand was another great one as well. And I go back to one of my clubs, one that I, a partnership I watched closely. But Shearer and, and Sheringham was delightful to watch. Probably the pinnacle of that partnership was Euro '96, where just the qualities of Teddy Sheringham dropping into pockets, really Berkham and Sheringham for me started that whole number ten talk in, in the English Premier League. It's, it's in, in the number 10 who can drift in areas and pick up the ball between the lines that we never really seen. We saw these robust and direct number nines and number 10s, double partnerships who just kind of went at you. Now there was a guy who dropped short and a guy who pulled you along and it created these spaces and these gaps. And I think Shearer and Sheringham did it better than most. But 
really to finish on this one, I think, again, late 90s, the four guys you think about as, as, as being partners as such is, is Cole and York and Sheringham and Solskjaer. Mm-hmm. And any four were on the field at one time. Um, they didn't all like each other. <laughs> In fact, Sheringham and Cole never even spoke to each other. They never got on. Uh, you know, and, and, and so you had these dynamics in terms of everyone thinks, oh, well, the best teammates are best pals. Not always. Not always. I had a Newcastle team where, you know, you had a young group and you had an older group and there, there was a lot of friction. There was not a lot of togetherness in terms of a social gathering between the players. But when they got in the field, they were awesome. And these four guys were the same. They, they just were so good at their job. And so good at understanding each other's skill sets and abilities and how to play off that and make it difficult for a defence to mark that it worked. And uh, and the record shows that really you never think maybe Colin York were the starters, but you know, you don't think of Sheringham and Solskjaer as substitutes. You you think of nineteen ninety nine in the new camp where they came back against Bayern Munich, you think of the right. the big moments where they scored big goals. It was it was a four. And they, they hit you with the four of them over 90 minutes. And when you saw the next two come on, you, your head just sank because you were like, really, I need to chase these next two for 35 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was really nice about, for me, uh, just watching Altidore and Jovinko for that. Yeah. Really for that. I mean, it was for two years, but for that the one year um, where they really clicked and he was healthy for most of the year too, Altidore was. And talk about two different body types right like yeah and and it's it you're really right about that about that balance right that's so crucial to yeah. have because as a defender on that you're you're just off you're just on on your heels all all the time right because you don't know what's going to hit you whether it's speed or power or yeah. finesse right yeah it's a little and large partnership the classic little and large that phillips and, and quinn did so well at sunderland mm. in, in the 90s mm-hmm. as well where you have Seba's agility and uh, and, and and tactical nous just to pick up areas in the field. He, he knew where space was Seba, and he would drift to the left, and he would come into number ten. But sometimes he'd, he'd, he'd pull you along and, and and try and go in behind as well. And then you had the power of Altador and and his uh, his talent to just be that kind of yardstick as a front man that yeah. I think was was really impressive. And and this was a partnership that was. A true friendship. These guys were friends on the field, in training, off the field. You know, they they really bonded and they they took time to get to know each other just as as well as they possibly could. And so, um, I think that, that 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 was a special one within MLS. Probably one of the best. We think of the Bash brothers as well, Lenhart and and Alan Gordon and, and San Jose, where they were two big guys. I played against them in twenty thirteen. Big guys who would just dominate you with their physical presence. That was another classic MLS partnership. But um, it's it's all kinds, Kev. It's all different yep. kinds of partnerships, and it's it's teammates getting to know the strengths of their partner and to allowing them to excel. That that's the key here. Well, we can actually for another episode we do a top ten partnerships. Yeah, Correct. that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah that'd be a lot of fun, right? And do a bit of research on that. We'll do. We'll do one on partnerships because there's so many, and when you get in the intricacies of why they're good and, and and what makes them so special, 
I think it's going to be some some interesting yeah. chat. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thanks, Stevie. Thanks, Kev. <laughs>